it will always be about you, God. Father, we're asking for renewal. We don't want to do the same things over and over again. We want to become new. We want to go higher. We want to become better Christians, better lovers of you, God. Father, so as I bring your word that you put on my heart, I pray that you put me right behind the cross. Let every word that comes out be what you want your people to hear. And Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts like only you can do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've been, this is a message that was a little bit hard for me to put together because it was a message about the place where I am right now. And I called it, put yourself in a position for renewal. Put yourself in a position for renewal. This year, we said it's going to be a year of renewal, a year of renewed commitment, renewed love for God, renewed worship, renewed enthusiasm for the Lord, everything to go back to how it was when we first met the Lord, the the passion, even more than that. But then I realized that for that to happen, we can't do the same things we're doing that we were frustrated at, that we didn't like, that we know they are not good for us. We cannot keep doing that and expect to be renewed. It doesn't work that way. There's a position, there's a posture that you have to be in. And during this fast, those are things I want you to consider when you're reading those points and prayer points and the lessons for each day. There's a posture, there's a position that you have to be in for something to become new for you. I was very privileged to be with OG when she was having her child, her first child. She was in labor, she was thrashing and doing all of that. But when it was time for her to give birth to that baby, she had to be in the right position. She had to pull her knees back and she had to grab her knees and she had to push. She had to use an effort to push that baby, that new thing out. When you're driving a car, there's a right position, there's a right posture. You cannot stand and drive, you're going to have a wreck. You sit down and you follow the instructions with the brakes and with the pedal and with the steering wheel, the right way and the right posture for you to get to where you're going. Our spiritual walk is the same thing. You cannot be doing some things that is outside of the kingdom culture and expect things in your life to be renewed or new. You cannot do that. In your family life, you have to change certain things. In your spiritual work, you have to change certain things for God to do a new thing in your life. So this morning, we are going to be looking at that. The first scripture we are going to look at is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 to 9. It says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? 
the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens, of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to, to those who have no might, he increases strength. Verse 30, even the youths faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we are looking at the children of Israel here. They had a posture because of what had been happening to them. They had been in exile in Babylon for 70 years. They have been doing what the masters told them to do. They had no freedom. They were under the, the leadership of those who hated God. And now God said, okay, everything is going to be new. I'm releasing you from here. I'm taking you all back to Jerusalem. He made the way possible for them to go back to Jerusalem. And when they got back there, he told them, okay, it's time for you to rebuild the temple. It's time for you to renew your commitment to the Lord, your God. But they were like, we cannot, we don't have what it takes. We're tired, there's no motivation, we're weary, we've been in enslavement for 70 years, we can't do it, we just don't have what it takes. And isn't that just like us sometimes, when things happen to us in our lives and it's just ongoing, ongoing. And you get to the point where even if God is telling you, okay, here it is, I can do something for you, I can do this with you. It's always, no, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of fighting for this marriage. I'm tired of fighting, praying for my children, and I don't, I don't see any change. I, I'm, I'm weary. I don't want to do it anymore. When my husband passed away a little over two months ago, I was in that place. I said it here on, on, on the New Year's Eve. There are some things I did. I, now I'm like, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Because I, I was at the point I didn't even want to live anymore. I was just like, what's the point? What's the point? But then I realized this. That there's always two sides to every coin. Every note you see, there are two sides to it. And if you pay attention to just one side, if you're just looking at how hard you're pressed, you will look at the fact that you're not crushed. If you keep facing just how perplexed you are, you will not realize that God, there's still hope. You can still move on. No matter how forsaken you, you feel, no matter how persecuted, God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And no matter how the enemy strikes you down and, and, and crushes you and, and wants to crush you, prepare his pressure and, and the pain, God says he will not, you will not be destroyed. There's always two sides. The Israelites were looking at one side. They refused to look at the other side. And that's what we do sometimes. And God came to them through Isaiah he told them, no, 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 I've opened the door for you. He says, have you not known, have you forgotten the God that you serve? 
Have you not heard? Did you forget all the testimonies of what he did for you when I moved you, when I took you from the land of bondage in Egypt and brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey? Have you forgotten? And that's what God is telling you. For you to be in a position of renewal, you have to remember who you are dealing with. You have to remember that you are, if he is God, he has not moved from his position, no matter what is going on in your life. And that he can be trusted. And that you can rely on him. That his word is yes and amen. Still continues to be that. Even in your pain, even in your tiredness and weariness. That you can still trust this God. That he's still a good God. Amen? That's what Isaiah was told to go tell the people. Have you forgotten? Have you not heard? He's everlasting God. What position were the children of Israel? And what position might we be in today? It's been two years of just utter chaos, sickness, disease, death, division, all kinds of evil, riots, Things being destroyed, fires, it's like earthquakes, it's like you think the worst has happened and then something happens again that's worse than what just happened. And if you're not careful, and I've seen it, even in me, you now see some things and it's just like, oh, it's one of those again. It's one of those again and it just continues to just bother you. And then one point, it gets to a point that you don't even... Your heart is not even moved anymore. Have, have you all been at that point where you just see things? I'm sorry, guys. And they don't bother you anymore? They don't bother you at all anymore? Because you've seen it over and over and over and over again? That is where some of us are. There's no more burden. For souls, there's no more life. It's just everyday thing. Every day, every day, every day, nothing changes. That was the same with the Israelites. That posture of fainting and weariness. If you look at those scriptures from 28 to 31, you will see the word faint appears three times. You will see the word weary appearing three times. That was their overwhelming condition. But look at what the Bible tells us in Galatians 6 verse 9. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So what does weariness try to do to us from those scriptures? It says, if you don't grow weary, you will reap your harvest. But if you grow weary, you will not reap a harvest. So you cannot grow weary praying. For your children, for your family, for your church, for the nation. You cannot. We cannot afford to be weary. Because weariness will make you lose your harvest. That's what the Bible says here. In Deuteronomy 20 verse 8. It says the officers shall speak further to the people and say what man is there who is fearful and faint hearted. Let him go and return to his house, 
lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. He's telling you here, if you are going into battle, if you read the beginning of the verses of that chapter, he says, if you are going into battle, you cannot be faint-hearted. Because number one, if you're faint-hearted, you cannot fight. And then secondly, if you're faint-hearted, you affect everybody around you. Everybody around you becomes discouraged. So as we pray for renewal, you have to be strong. Let me tell you something. The enemy, Satan, he doesn't know how you're feeling inside. That's one trick you have to realize. Even if you're trembling inside, you're crying inside, and you come out and show strength, the strength you show is what the enemy sees. God knows you all. God knows you're walking. You're walking in his strength. You're walking in his power and not in your own strength. But the devil doesn't know that. So don't give him that pleasure of being, of showing and showing him witness. No, refuse that. Show him that you're strong. Bring the battle on and show him that you can stand. You are a man, you are a woman of God. He doesn't know you inside you might be shaking and that your strength is in the strength of the Lord. That's how we want, he wants us to be. The posture of faintness will discourage people. The posture of faintness will make you lose the battle. There is good news here though. The good news is we don't have to be in that posture. We don't have to be in that position. God has made a way, and we can see it in the scriptures we read, and I'm going to go over some of the things that God has made a way for us, the way out of weariness, of faintness, the way out of just saying, God, it's been like two years of just everything bad. What, can, what else can happen? How can I expect things to change? Things can change, and things will change. Things will change. God will still do what he has promised you he will do for you. Coronavirus will not stop God from fulfilling his promises in your life and in my life. So you must know, you must know that. And that's what we're going to go to that for you to remember who we, are, who we are dealing with here. The God that we are dealing with. Jesus, he was in the temple. And he saw a woman that her posture had been bent for how many years? 18 years. She was bent over from the pressures. And he couldn't do anything until he, he went to that woman in Luke 13, 10 to 13. He says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. And she glorified God. And then some of the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, were all, oh, it's a Sabbath day, you're not supposed to do this. And in verse 16 he says, so, of this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound, think of it, Jesus says, think of it for 18 years. Does she not deserve to be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? God does not want us to be bent over. God does not want a posture of weariness. God does not want us to have a posture of faintness. No hope, no future is never going to change. It will always be like this. 
My marriage will never change. I've tried everything. My children will never change. My finances will never change. And you just go about your Christian life. She's a daughter of Abraham. You are a child of God. And you come to the church every day, every Sunday, every Wednesday. But yet you're walking around with a posture of weariness and faintness, no hope, no future. It will never change. God doesn't want us to have that. God doesn't want us to have that. God wants you to walk straight. God wants you to raise your head high. God wants you to know who you are in him. And when the storms and the pressures of life come, tell them, come, but you will not crush me. You will not destroy me. I may be hard-pressed on every side, but I will not be destroyed. The purpose of God in my life will be fulfilled. And the same for you too. God made you for a reason. You're not just here to fill up space. You're not just here to fill up space. He said in the scriptures, I, know you, I knew you before the foundations of the earth were, were laid. God had you in mind. And he put in you everything you needed to fulfill what he wanted you to fulfill on earth here. Are you doing that? And you will know when you're fulfilling the will of God in your life, you have that peace and that deep knowing and that deep satisfaction that you are doing what God has called you to do, that you are making a difference, eternal difference. In the lives of others. That when you die and you stand before the God who created you, He will tell you, Well done, and thou good and faithful servant. Not because of your good works, not because of the good things you've done, but because you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you told Him, Lord, what is my purpose? Why was I created? What do you want me to do that will further your kingdom, that will bring souls into the kingdom? That's what it's all about. It's not about you. It's not about you. So what's the remedy? We saw that Jesus didn't want her to be in a bent position. What's the remedy then? To get a good posture, a good position, to put yourself in the position for renewal. We're going to go back to the scriptures. Isaiah 40, let's look at verse 28. And I alluded to it a little while ago. It says, have you not known... Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So Isaiah is telling the children of Israel, yeah, you might might be faint, you might be weary. You may have had all these issues for this number of years, but remember who your God is. Remember the God has given you this promise. He says, remember who he is. Remember the greatness of God. And there were things here, if you go further up in the chapter, you will see the things he wants them to remember. He had talked to them about before. And we are going to look at those things. Go back to verse 12 of that same Isaiah 40, verse 12 and then verse 15. He had already told them before. Before they said, oh, we're too weary, we can't can't build, we can't change, nothing will happen. He told them in verse 4, in the New Century Version, he says, we are talking about God who has measured the oceans in the palm of his hand. Who has used the hand to measure the sky. Who has used the bowl to measure all the dust of the earth. And scales to weigh the mountains and the hills. 
Verse 15 says, the nations are like one small drop in a bucket. They are no more than dust on his measuring scales. To him, the islands are no more than fine dust on his scales. Can your mind, can you? That is the God we serve. I brought some things here today. Because sometimes when we see it, it's better. When he talked about the scales and the measuring things, it was in the line of cooking, when you're cooking, how to measure. The first thing he said was, let's look at God's hands. He says his hand in the palm, in the cups of his palm of his hand. That's how he measures all the water in the oceans, all the waters in the rivers. Right here. How much can you, as a human being, how much can you cup? It's not even up to two tablespoons. Let me tell you how many gallons of water we have on earth. It's three, you can do this on Google, just so that's what I did. 326 million trillion gallons of water. I think my, your mind cannot even, I can't even, mm-mm. Let me read it again. 326 million trillion gallons of water. He holds it in the palm of his hand like that. And no single drop comes out. That is the God we are dealing with. That's what he's telling them. Remember who we are dealing with. (laughs) He says he used the hand... One of, the, one of the translations says he uses the span of his hands to measure the sky. This is the largest span of my hand right here. Right there. Right there. That's the, I think, yeah, that's the long. See how much I can measure? When I traveled to my mission trip, I'm on the sky. When we went to the Philippines, we were on the sky for like 26 hours. God's span of hand. That's how he measures the whole sky. That you are traveling 20, how many hours? You are just going from one country to the other. We're not talking about all the countries of the earth. He says that's the God we are dealing with. We're just talking about his hand now. Then he went to his bowl. He said, take a measuring cup. This is one cup. He says, all the dust, all the sand, of all the beaches, of all the deserts. That's it for God. That's it. Can you imagine the hand holding that cup? Can you imagine? Are you in awe of him this morning? And I went again, did a, a, a Google. That's what I was doing last night. I said, how many, how many, how many, pounds of sand do we have on earth? Listen to this. If you just take all the beaches in the world and all just the sand in the desert, there are seven, listen to this, seven quintillion, who knows what a quintillion even is? These people just put these numbers, I don't think they even know what it is. It says seven quintillion, five quadrillion pounds of sand that God puts in a cup. How great is our God? I love that song, How Great Is Our God. Sing with me, how great 
is our God, and all this is our great, how great is our God. He uses a cup to measure all the sand. His measuring scale. When we are cooking, this is what we measure with, right? The Bible says he's measuring scales. He puts all the hills and all the mountains. And in the world, we have 1,187,049 mountains. The hills are too many to count. He says he put them all in a scale, like this scale, to measure them. He says all the nations put together, they are just like fine dust on a scale that you can just do and blow them away with his breath. That's what God we're talking about. That's what Isaiah is telling them. He says that is the God we're dealing with. And people, that is the God we're dealing with. Don't ever let your situations bring God to your level. God is not in the level of man. God will remain God. He will remain on his throne. Whether your situation is bad or whether your situation is good. But your position, the way you view him, the way you are in awe of him, the way you allow him to be God over your life, despite what's going on, that will determine the renewal that you get. That is it. If you choose to continue to see God as, oh, he's not doing anything about all that's going on in this world, look at all the stuff going on, all of, then you put yourself in a position of doubt where you can't get anything from him. But when you say, God, you are still God. Look at the greatness and imagine that. And say, no matter what, you're still God. You're just bringing out your purposes to pass on the earth. Everything that's happening is just according to your plan. And then you yourself, you feed in into that plan because you're praying and you're believing him to make sure even in the midst of that chaos, your plan, your purpose for being born, you feed it in there. And you say, God, I still believe your greatness. That's it. That's it. You're renewed. So that's what he told them. He said, remember the God we are dealing with. And then the next thing he told them in verse 31, he says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So he says, one position is remembering who you're talking about, who you're dealing with, who your God is. Then the next position, he says, learn to wait on God. Learn to wait on God. The Bible says one day is like a thousand before God. And a thousand is like a day. To you, it might have seemed like it's a long time. But to God, it's just one second. So learn to wait on him. And what does waiting on the Lord involve? It says waiting on the Lord must involve having a longing for him. You wait for something because you're longing for that thing. Again, I was privileged, always privileged to carry that baby OG had. When that child is hungry and longing for that milk, she will put everything in her mouth. She'll put her knuckles, she'll put your finger, she'll put your ear, she'll put your clothes, anything she just grabs, she puts it in her hand because she's longing for that milk. Do we have that same longing for the milk of the word of God? 
Are you so hungry for it? The Bible says here, it says, Psalm 63 verse 1, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. When you're waiting on the Lord and nothing has happened yet and you're wanting to be renewed, for you to be able to have the stamina to wait, you have to have a longing. A longing that only God can satisfy. A burden that makes you fall on your knees every time you pray. We are praying for revival, we are praying for renewal, but let me ask you some questions here. Does it bother you that souls have died as much more, much more, much more than in these last two years, than we've probably seen in 20, 30, 40 years? Have you ever sat down and has it bothered you that some of those people, a majority of those people, didn't make it to heaven? Does that just make, like, bile rise at the bottom of your stomach? Does it bother you that you don't even think about witnessing or trying to save somebody or trying to tell somebody about Jesus? Does that even bother you? If you don't read the Bible for, like, a whole week or you've not prayed... For a few days, does that bother you? Is there, is there that desire, Lord, I, I want to know you more. I, I want to know you. I want to get closer to you. I want to know your word. I want the revelation of the word. I want to read the scripture, Lord, and you show me what it's about. Do you have that kind of hunger? Like that baby that when she wants that milk until you give her that milk, she's not going to stop crying. Do, you, do we have that? Do we have a burden for souls? If your children or your family members are not saved, are you worried about it? Are you praying? Are you afraid to the point where you say, Lord, please, I don't want to go to heaven and my, my siblings or, or my children go to hell? Does that bother you to the point that you are always on your knees for them? Do, you even, do we, as a church, do we even have that burden? Every other person is coming out. The gays are coming out to tell you they are, this is who they are. The transgender is coming out. They are even bringing them to schools to read to our children. And the Christians, we are the ones going into the closet. Oh, I don't want to offend. Oh, I don't want to say anything wrong. So they don't say I don't love them. Oh, I don't want to pray in public so they don't call me the deep Christian. Oh, I don't want to pray in tongues so they don't say we are the weird church. Excuse me. I told them on, 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 on New Year's Eve here, I said, listen, I just lost my husband, and I'm here preaching. Do you think I'm doing this in my power? Do you think Angela has what it takes to do? You all know my husband. Do you all think this is, this is me? I told God, I said, now I fully understand when you said, Jesus said, it is expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. And he knew the importance of the Holy Spirit. He told the apostles, he said, don't you dare go out and do anything until you have been filled with power from on high, until you receive the power, the promise of the Father. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Now that I have the Holy Spirit, 
Now that he has given me the power that I never even knew I had. You dare tell me I cannot speak in tongues where you are? I cannot pray where you are? You are out of your mind. I have experienced it. I know what is done for me. Do you know that? Do we know that? Do we have a burden? You see, we're all praying for revival. Oh, we see revival in Brazil. We see revival in this place. We've read about the revival. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what it took for them to have that revival? You can't have a revival when you can't even stay in the word of God. You can't have a revival when we call for a prayer meeting. A church of 250, how many people? Only 12 people will show up. I will see what will happen this Friday, the three Fridays. We're going to be having Zoom prayer meetings. We're going to be praying for renewal. We're going to be praying for revival. We're going to be praying that God will use this church to bring food, spiritual, physical, emotional, to the people around us because they are all dying. We're going to be praying about that and I want to see how many of us will be on that Zoom prayer meeting. Less than one fourth of the church, probably. Now you see what I'm talking about. Do you want things to change? You cannot do the same things we are doing. We cannot do that. We don't have the time. We don't have the time. You might think we do. We don't. You cannot keep doing the same thing. They said a crazy person is who does the same old things and expect new results from what they are doing that are old. This is the time to change. And that involves waiting, longing for him. Ask God to baptize you with a longing for him. Ask him during this fasting time to give you a longing and a burden, a good burden for souls, a good burden to get close to him, a good burden to be, sleep with your Bible. And you will see what God, the renewal God will do in your life. You will see what he will begin to show you. Longing for him. That's one reason how one way you wait for him. The next thing he says here in Proverbs 8.34. He says, blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my gates. Waiting at the post of my doors. Have ears that are open to hear him. God doesn't scream. The Holy Spirit doesn't scream. He speaks in a still small voice. Remember the message I preached on, be still and know that I am God? Still yourself, quiet down. You're too busy. You're too busy about things that really don't matter. Like I told you, when my husband was buried, he was buried with one of the suits I bought for him. They didn't put his degrees inside that coffin with him. They didn't put the money we have in the account in the box with him. He came in, the Bible says, naked you come in, naked you go. All the things we just, more, 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 The day you die, they'll put you in a little coffin, put a suit on you, shoes. They will probably take your ring off. They gave me his ring. But I know where he is. I know that because of the labor, because of the things he did, I can confidently tell you I know where my husband is. And I can confidently tell you very one day that I will see him again. I can confidently tell you that. 
Listen to him. Let him give you instructions. Quiet yourself down. You're too busy. When is it, when is it enough? When is it enough? How much do you need to have for it to be enough? Do, you have, do we think about things like that? More, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more, I'm more. And then you get there, the goalpost has moved. Keep your ears open. The sum of a man at the end, the sum of a, a man, all your years, the sum, it depends on how many souls you brought to him. Fulfilling your purpose for him that he created you for. That's the sum of a man. We're all created to worship him. And worshiping him involves living the life he created and he drew out for you. Every other thing is vanity upon vanity upon vanity. Psalm 123 verse 2. Keep your eyes on him. You keep your ears open. You long for him. And then you keep your eyes on him. Psalm 123 verse 2 says, Behold, as the eyes of the servant look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon you, the Lord our God, until he has mercy on us. Don't look at your inadequacies. Don't look at your failures. Don't look at where you feel you don't measure up. Look at him. Look at him. When you look at him and you see yourself in him, like Donald preached on Wednesday, you now become the one that is on top and your problem now becomes lower than you and you cannot look at your problem. But if you don't look to him, if you look on yourself, when the enemy comes... You are now here, and this is what you are doing to the enemy. He seems bigger than you. He seems higher than you. He seems he can crush you, but no. God says he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. All of it. All of it. All of it. Nothing taken out. You have it. He says the same power that raised Jesus from the, from the dead, that same power is inside of you. That same power is inside of you. Walk it up, walk it up, walk it up. Remember who God is. Remember who he has made you in Christ. And then stand tall no matter what comes. Make God proud. I told God, I said, God, you're going to be proud of me. I said, my husband is going to be proud of me. Even if I have to crawl. Even if I cry at home. When I'm here, Satan is not going to know that. Because I know the God I serve. And I know they're still used for me. They're still used for you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. This year in 2022, get a hold of it. This year in 2022, tell the enemy, no. You can bring whatever you want to bring to the world. You can bring all the confusion. You can bring all the pain. You can bring all the fear to them. I'm not going to be part of that. Refuse to be part of it. It's up to you. It's up to me. God has provided everything we need to do this life and to do it right with Him. Keep your eyes on Him. Keep your gaze on Him. 
Don't look at yourself. We don't have what it takes. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Spirit of God. And you have the Spirit of God. Walk on that Spirit. Pray in tongues. Spend some time praying in tongues. And let God start downloading things in your spirit. Because when you pray in tongues, the Bible says your flesh is unprofitable. But your spirit man is directly connected to the spirit of God. And he begins to download things into your spirit. And you are seeing things, you read the scripture and it's like, woo. And you're like, wow. I've read this thing over and over again. Why did I miss that? Because you spend time with the spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's teaching you. Keep depending on him. You might be fainting, but God never faints. The Bible says, we just read that, he never faints. He's never weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He will give power to you when you're weak. If you have no might, you don't have whatever it takes to go on, he will give you strength. The young people, he says even the youth, you might be weary. God is with you. The young men shall utterly fall. But God will raise you up. And if you wait on him, what will he do? He will renew your strength. Renewal is an exchange. He takes your weakness and he gives you, covers you with his strength. He takes your sin and he covers you with his robe of righteousness. When you said, I'm I'm too weak, he says, no, 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 no. In your weakness, my strength is perfected. That is what he's wanting to do. He wants to exchange for you. What you have now that is not good enough, he wants to take it and cover it with his own. That is excellent. So when you are renewed, there's an exchange. And then he takes you to a new level. He says they shall mount up with wings as eagles. When you wait on him, he takes you to a new level. He takes you to a new height. And that's what we want in 2022. We are all going to take a step further. If you were here, you're going to go here. If you were there, you're going to go there. We are all going to do it together, amen? During this fast, we are all going to participate, pray together as a church, do the fast together. And let me tell you, watch to see what God will do in our lives in 2022. Are you ready? Come on, stand up with me this morning. Hallelujah, stand up with me this morning. Stand up with me this morning. I just want every one of us. I know this message is for every single one of us. And those, you couldn't make it today, you're at home. I know this is for you too. If you're watching by TV in Nigeria, I know this is for you too. God wants to make things new. We have been in the old for too long. So today, if that is you, and you're saying, you know what, I don't even know Jesus. I've never accepted him into my heart. If that's you today, I just want you to, wherever you are, if you're here, raise your hand. We want to pray for you, bring you into the family of God, and then we're going to do some praying about renewal this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus, raise your hand, let me see. Just raise it quickly and put it back down. Everybody here knows the Lord. Amen. But what I want all of us to do, I want you this first Sunday of the year, I want you to open your own mouth and tell the Lord what you want him to do for you this year. I want you those five things, if you've not written them down, 
You can take your time after service, write them in a piece of paper and bring them here. We are going to be praying over them every day. We are going to be praying over them on those Friday Zoom meetings. If you have friends, if you have loved ones, please, if you want to tell them, let them write it out for you and bring them so we can be praying. I want us to see the mighty God we just talked about do some great and marvelous things in our midst this year. Amen? So I want you to raise your hands and I just want you to open your mouth and tell the Lord what you want him to do for you this year. Let's just take a minute to do that. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory, God. Father, we declare that 2022 will be a great year. A year of renewal, a year of strength, a year of commitment to you, a year of going closer to you. Oh, yes, Lord. It will be a year that we will climb like wings. We will will soar like the eagle, Father. We will refuse to eat like chickens, oh God. Because you made us as eagles, we will soar. We will go on a high level. We will do great things for you. Through our souls will be saved. Through us, people will be loved, oh God. You will do great and mighty things with each and every one of us. You will change our family situations around. You will turn our children around, oh God. Oh God, there will be hunger for you. There will be hunger for the things of God in our lives in 2022, God. Father, our children will love you, Lord. Our children will desire to know you, Lord. Oh, God, our family members that we have been praying for to get saved, God, they will get saved this year, God, as we wait on you, as we pray and as we wait on you. You will do what we cannot do in our own power, for your word says, it's not by power, it's not by mind, it is by your spirit, oh God. Father, I pray that you will baptize us afresh. I baptize us anew in the spirit, oh God. Father, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit. Baptize us again. Anoint us with a double portion of your anointing, oh God. Father, when we speak, let people know we belong to you. When we appear everywhere we are, let your presence make people to fall on their knees. Let your presence in us convict them, oh God. Let the presence of God in our lives make people want to become better. Make people want to serve you more, oh God. Father, use us in 2022, Lord. Use us in 2022, my God. Use us in 2022. Let our lives be a fragrance, a good smelling fragrance to those around us. You said we are letters. We are episodes written by Christ with the ink of the Holy Spirit. Father, let our lives show that in 2022. Let people see us and desire good things, godly things, because of what they see in our lives. Let our marriages be ones that people want to emulate. Let our children be the ones people want their children to be like. Because they've seen God in their lives. I refuse, I reject every influence that is negative, that is devilish in the lives of our children. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I bind every negative influence on our children. Everything that we want to soil, that we want to destroy our children. Everything that we want to come against our children. God, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I break it in the name of Jesus. Satan, we bind you. We bind you in the lives of our children. We bind you, all your activities, in the marriages of our people in the church here. We bind you. We bind you. In the name of Jesus, we bind you. We say that only the things of God, anything that will bring pleasure to God, 
is the only thing we will do in our individual lives. Lord, let holiness, let holiness reign. Let us live holy lives, oh God. Anoint our eyes. Anoint our ears. Anoint our mouth. Let us speak your word. Let us speak grace. Let us speak love. Let us speak words that will heal and edify in 2022, God. Let our ears only hear the things of God. We block our ears against the things of God. We block our ears to the voice of the enemy. Anoint our eyes with your balm. Let us watch only what is edifying. Any form of pornography, any form of ill, every form of evil, we block our eyes against it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Put a fire in our belly. Put a fire in our belly. The fire of the Holy Spirit. The longing for you. Put it in our belly, God. We give you permission, Lord. Do it. We dedicate our lives to you. Every breath that we take, every move that we make, let it be glorifying to you. That's our desire in the Ark Fellowship. Every individual, every family, this church, baptize us. Let signs and wonders be done in this church. Let us grow. Bring those that are hurting. Bring those that are in pain. Bring those that want to know more about you. Bring them here, Lord. We are ready to help them. Through your power, through your spirit that is in us. And we'll be careful, Lord. Very, very careful. To give only you the praise. Only you the worship. Because it is only you that's doing it. We thank you, Lord God. Be with us this week, oh God. Help us as we fast and as we pray. Give us the strength we need to keep to what we want to do. Or what you've laid in our hearts to do. And Father God, we just worship you today. And we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Before you leave, make sure if you write, you haven't written your stuff, take time, get a piece of paper, write it down, put it here so we can be praying. And if you already have your own, just come and bring it here. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.